In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If you know anything at all about St. John, then you know that we love your kids. When we built the space, we intentionally did not build a nursery. We want all kids in the service and not out. We left some space behind the back pews where if kids got restless, they could wander around and maybe play with a soft or quiet toy. We do know that sometimes they get restless enough they do need to go out, but we hope you'll only go as far as the narthex, and we put speakers there so as soon as your kids calm down, they come right back in. We cast a font that would make kids want to touch it. We will give your kids the Eucharist as soon as you will let us, and in a few months, there will be great big pictures of Jesus in each of these windows so that your kids can learn the great big stories of the one who saved us. Every week we dress up and we have a parade to start the service. We wear bright colors. We make the sign of the cross. We stand up, we sit down, we shake hands. We sing, we pray, and we play with money. We make smoke. We eat, we drink, we shout, we go quiet, all because those little things help keep kids interested in the service. We do that because we love your kids and we want kids in the service. Touching and being touched by the holy things of Jesus. We want families together from start to finish we want families and their kids and their friends all here together, and it works. You should know that right now, half of the active membership at St. John is under the age of 34. Beyond that, it's a bit of a miracle, really, when the Zellers and the Yonkers and the Strutzels all sit over here together. That's 11 boys under the age of 11. And so far, there's been no structural damage reported. <laughs> so it's all about kids and all about their parents and all about their grandparents, all gathered together in love and joy and peace. And it works so well until we come to Jesus in the gospel for today. And Jesus says that the kingdom of God also means fire and distress and three against two, and two against three, and fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and in-laws all set against each other. That means at some point the kingdom of God is also about scattering. In some way the kingdom of God is actually about division. Now what do we do with that? Let me tell you a story about a family and a kid that might help you understand. I came across this story years ago. It's the story of the baptism of a young boy in a small village in Central America. When that boy was brought to baptism, he wasn't brought in a car seat or a stroller or even in his mother's arms. He was brought to the font in a coffin. There were no cameras, there were no flashbulbs, there were no videos, there were no grinning grandparents. 
Instead, as he was brought to the font, his parents wept softly. It was as if those parents were bringing their child forward to die. And of course, you all know that's precisely what happens in baptism. You die to one thing even as you are gathered into another. Those poor folks in that very small village in Central America understood something wonderful. They understood that the things of God are very expensive. They understood that the gifts of Jesus Christ are costly. And that being part of his family, being part of this thing called the church, is actually the most important thing in all the world. It is the only thing actually that really matters. To be baptized, to have your sins forgiven, to receive the Holy Eucharist, to have the name of Jesus tattooed on your forehead, to hear your name called out in holy absolution, to come today and receive the same holy body and holy blood that once hung on the cross 2,000 years ago outside Jerusalem, to have that put onto your tongue at the Holy Eucharist, to pray and to sing the liturgy together, to be the church, to be one, for all of you to be sons and daughters of God. In some very real way, that sets you apart. But it does not make the church exclusive. Instead, it is just the opposite, and it's terribly important for all of us to understand that. All that we do in this place is about the kingdom of God, but all that we do in this place is meant to welcome. From hugs and smiles and handshakes and coffee and kind words, to colors and smoke and font and altar and stained glass, to everything that we did as we built this building. All of that is meant to welcome, to lure, to pull, to intrigue. It is true, of course, that some folks do not get this. And that is very frustrating for me and for you and for Jesus. As you hear Jesus speak in the gospel for today, try to see things from his point of view. He took flesh and blood born of the Virgin Mary. He lived our lives and he died innocent, nailed to a cross. He died for you and for me. He forgives our sins. He gives us his Father and he gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us church and sacraments. And his goal is to have everybody in and nobody out. And when it won't work, when people just won't have him, when you leave home today and you leave some folks behind, when you come on Sunday morning and the streets are empty, the reality is that we are divided, two and three and three and two, and perhaps even in your own family, father and son and mother and daughter and in-laws have been set against each other. Because Jesus actually does mean dying and rising. Jesus actually does mean loyalty and commitment. Jesus means mercy and generosity, and some folks just won't have that kind of a life. Jesus means being here, 
before you're anywhere else on Sunday morning. Jesus does, in fact, mean being family and being church and letting the little children come to him. In this place, in this time, together around his altar. And some folks just don't get that yet. But we always hope they will. So as you go out today, if you could just tell them, if you could tell them about the font that kids just have to touch, but they only hug once. If you could tell them how the Strutzels and the Yonkers and the Zellers sit over here together, 11 boys together under the age of 11, and nobody has ever left with more stitches than they came with. If you could tell them about the smoke and the colors and the parade, if you could tell them about the name and the word and the forgiveness, if you could tell them about the holy body and blood of Christ that actually changes people's hearts, if you could tell them about this family that is made up of families, this church, this one, that belongs to the Holy Catholic Apostolic Church, then Jesus will, in fact, make our numbers multiply through you. And there doesn't have to be division. And the only fire that will be cast upon the earth is the same fire that burned in the hearts of Cleopas and the disciples on the road to Emmaus. The same fire that engulfed Mary Magdalene in the garden when she reached out to touch Jesus' feet to be part of the resurrection. The same fire that was there on Pentecost and in the hearts of the apostles as they all but one became martyrs. The same fire that has illumined the church for generations without destroying us. A fire that energizes and guides us a fire that does not divide us and damn us, a fire that marks the way home. With Jesus, there is no halfway and there is no half speed. And that's good. He wouldn't want that and you wouldn't want that either. There is nothing in any other area of your life where you do things halfway or half speed for your family. Jesus wouldn't want that and you wouldn't want that either. Not for your family, not for your kids, and not for your church. And so you're here again this morning, and that's fantastic. You are here to have his best, to have his blessing, to touch his holy things. Now the only trick left is to tell everybody else you know. To bless them with the Christ you've met here today. To love everyone you know with the gifts he gives right here. So that in the end there is no division and everyone comes home. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.